0: Let's give the Lord a good praise here this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. And can we give the Lord a good God bless you for our worship team today. We thank God for Sister Melissa and the worship team. It is so faithful to lead us into the presence of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated today. I mentioned this morning is Pentecost Sunday, it is a time that has been acknowledged throughout um, history as being the beginning of the church, it's where the church was first spoken of at Antioch as being the church. But I want to talk today and begin today in Acts chapter 2, a very familiar scripture. I believe they have it for us there. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, it suggests to me that there must have been a sense of it. There must have been a dimension of it. There must have been something that was bringing them to this place. But now it has fully come. And they are all in one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as likened to a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house where they were sitting. And it appeared unto them as cloven tongues of fire that set up on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. This is the fulfillment of the promise that Jesus left his church. That when he ascended to the Father, that when he got to the Father, that he would send the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, Amen, And that he would not just be with us, but he would abide in us. And as I look around, I become more convinced than ever that we must have a resurgence of a church with power. You know what I mean? I mean that kind of church where that uh, you go sick but you leave healed the kind of church where that demonic spirits are broken when when you leave you leave different than when you came amen there there is a mandate there is a necessity there is an urgency that we have churches like this in the earth in this season in which we live because there is a power that is against us, but the power that is against us is not as great as the power that is for us. Amen. Amen. People, to, people today are experiencing experiences, uh, a lot of things in life. They experience a lot of things that has caused us to become desensitized unmoved and we have come to a place that we have become so desensitized to because we have all kinds of media we have 24-hour media we have seven days a week media we have we have wars that are going on and at the same time the war is going on you can be watching it in your living room we have bombings and we have all of this ISIS issue that is going on in uh, the world and we see the bombings where that 40 are killed here and 20 are killed there and, and 12 are killed over here until we hear of these things and it doesn't even seem to register anymore. It just becomes normal for people to be murdered and people to die And we're never moved by it. Huh? We can be eating a sandwich. We can be eating a steak. And we can see these children that they are gassing to death. And it doesn't ever bother us. We just say, pass the A1 sauce. Huh? And the problem is this, that it isn't just in the natural, but it has bled over into the church to where we come to church and we're never moved by the presence of God that even though we have sung the songs and even though we have said make us more aware of your presence and Holy Spirit you're welcome here yet there is something that, that even though that we sing these songs and I'm not against the songs you understand but there has to be something in our spirit where that we do not become so calloused and we don't become so hard hearted in our spiritual walk that we can come into the presence of such a God as we worship. A God that created the universe. A God that spoke by his word and everything that you see. He didn't lift his finger. He only spoke a word and it came into existence. The power of that God that brought us out of a horrible pit and put our feet upon a solid and a firm foundation that gave us the joy of our salvation. And yet if we're not careful we become so desensitized and unmovable that we come into his presence and never acknowledge that he is here you see we we but we we preach something and 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 people say well you you're not you just try to be emotional no i'm far beyond emotional amen but i tell you what if you get in his presence you'll do something amen you honor his presence and and you become aware of who he is and his holiness and his righteousness and his purity and and isaiah came into his presence one day i don't know if it was knowingly or unknowingly but the bible said when he came into his presence he fell as a dead man at his feet He came into his presence. There's something about the presence of God that supersedes our strength, our ability, our wisdom. And all that we can gather together will never compare to the presence of an almighty and eternal God. And when we come into his presence, we must be aware of his presence. And you see, today people say, well, we just got to go with the flow. But we've been going with the flow for far too long. Amen. And I don't know if people are any crazier today than they've ever been or not, but there's some weird stuff going on in our country. Amen. Whenever some d- demonic demonagon can grab a hold and take a picture and make it look like they've killed our president and got his head carrying it around, that's a demon. I said that's a demon. And we need to understand that we're dealing with this mess today, and you're not going to deal with it by somebody just walking around, sashaying around in a religious circle or a religious system. You've got to have some power. You've got to have some authority over the works of the enemy and the power of God that He has given us availability to. Amen. It, when we begin to preach with power, amen, the, the madness of mankind will lead their life and the joy of salvation will come. You see I want to preach until the shell of unbelief is broken off of people's lives. I want to preach until it penetrates the hardest of hearts and breaks the strongest of strongholds off of people's minds and they hear and they feel and they experience the presence of a living God. Hallelujah. Because when they feel that power, when they experience that power, it will change your life. Amen. I believe that we're supposed to sing with power. That we're supposed to praise with power. That we're supposed to preach with power. We should be praying with power because this New Testament church is a church of a bunch of rowdy people. Do you think about it? Here Paul was, here Peter was, and he just came out of prison and he didn't go home to take a shower. He didn't go to the neighbor's house. He didn't go talk to a friend. He went straight up to the church. Amen. Amen. And we, we have a little ick hiccup and we don't want to go to church. I've never seen a day when it's so easy to get get astray from the house of the Lord. But I believe if we're going to come to the house, we ought to you, you ought to be able to tell the difference between a funeral and a worship service. Huh? Come on, somebody. They, 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 these folks, whenever you look at this New Testament church, they were loud on purpose. Amen. The Bible said they prayed until the place was shaken. Huh? Silas in prison, and what did they do? They began to pray and began to worship God until the jailhouse began to shake, the doors began to open, and everyone that was bound was set free. How were they set free? By the power of their worship. They were set free from the bonds. They were set free from the shackles. This is a natural picture of what should be taking place in the spirit when we worship God. Because you see, thank God for Sister Melissa. Thank God for this worship team. But they do not worship for us. They just lead us into a place of worship. But if I do not not lift my hands, if I don't clap my hands, if I don't open my mouth, if I don't dance my dance, if I don't give God my praise, then I have came here and I have left ceasing to worship my God. But you see when they lead us into the praise, they lead us into the worship. But I've got to open my mouth. I've got to lift my hands. I've got to clap my clap shout my shout and dance my dance why because he's worthy of my worship amen and you see we've got to come to a place that we understand that it's more than just a ceremonial thing to come to church and just go through a set of songs but we've got to do it with some power amen We've got to do it with some power. And it's not about us just coming to church. It's about us being the church. Yes, and how can we be the church if we don't praise him with some enthusiasm? Amen. is yes, yes, right. going up there to play ball for the jackets, right? Amen. Yellow jackets. They won how many? Two, almost two years. Y'all lost one game in the final, right? And two years before that, they, they won all of their games the last two years. Amen. Now, I didn't get, get to go. Sorry, Dakota. I didn't make it. But I promise you, when they were winning those games, the bleachers weren't empty. I promise you that when, the, when they was winning those games, that, that the trumpet or player didn't just sit over there saying, oh, we seen them Went, get a touchdown before. Oh, Dakota Gunn got the quarterback. He's done that 12 times this year. Oh, no, no, that wasn't the way it worked. The bleachers were full, the horns were playing, people were shouting. Every single touchdown, I guarantee you, I didn't even have to be there. Every single touchdown, people were participating and excited about what their team had done. Amen. But I want to tell you today that that we've got to understand when we come to the house of the Lord, we are not here to mourn the death of our religious leader. We are here to celebrate our own breakthrough. We're here to celebrate a risen Christ, a man who has power and healing in his wings. And so therefore, I'm going to lift him up. Therefore, I'm going to glorify the name of Jesus Christ because he is LA the most high God there is no other name above the name of Jesus there is no other person but the person of Jesus Christ that is worthy of my praise worthy of my worship and so I need to lift up my voice like a trumpet and tell the world that Jesus saves Jesus heals and Jesus can set the captive free you believe it give him some praise today Amen. If we can praise God and, you know, praise God, if we can shout for the ball team, and I'm all about it, amen. But sure enough, we ought to be able to come in the house of God and worship him. Amen. The American church, a pastor, a friend of mine's father, Roy Tucker, his dad, before he passed, he... He told me something, and that's been many years ago. He said, this American church has gotten too soft, and preachers are too easy on the people. And I thought, and God forgive me, but I thought, I said, thought to myself, Pastor Tucker's old, and he just don't understand it, but he knew a whole lot more than I did, because it has brought us to this place today where people can't stand for nothing. Amen. We quit the church because someone, we didn't like some, something somebody said. We don't even go to church. Brother Phil overcome a flat tire to get here today. That made 90% of the people go home and said, God must just not want me to be there today. <laughs> come on, somebody. Amen. We're just too soft. People don't want to come to church. They don't want to be inconvenienced. It amazes me. We, we, our family. We went a couple days, two days last week, week four last. Day, all this stuffs running together. Couple week, couple times, couple weeks ago, families went two days and and then they drug me over there to one of those amusement parks and I don't see anything amusing about it. That's the reason they call me the fun police. <laughs> but I tell you what they'll make you they'll make you park in another county and then you got to walk up in there to it and then you got to pay come on you got to pay some money i mean it isn't like just 5 dollars a piece it's some money to get in that place and then if you want a, a you want something to eat Renee told me, she said, honey, they got your favorite over there, sausage and green onions and, and peppers. said, why don't you go over and get one? And I went over and looked at the price. I said, the devil is a liar. <laughs> they ain't This fat boy can wait until we get up out of here <laughs> because it's going to be a long day before I pay that kind of money for some sausage. <laughs> Amen. But then we come to church and we put on this other head. And we think, you know, if the parking lot's not paved, it's quiet. Thank you. Thank you. I thought I was going to have to go there myself. If the parking lot's not paved, if you got to park on the backside of the parking lot, <laughs> huh? and we get on this different head, you mean they're taking up another offering? We can't walk too far. We don't want people, you know, we don't want to give anything. But I want to tell you the early church was some rowdy folks. They leave the jailhouse and go to the church house. They'd been fighting hell all week long. And even though they had been fighting all week long, they still had a praise with some power in their hearts that they were willing to praise God and give God some glory. They had pressed through the difficult seasons. They, the early church didn't have buildings like this. huh? The early church went to old raggedy buildings on the other side of the tracks and, and they would sit down on pews, you know. I think it's the reason they called them pews because they didn't have this, this uh, cushion on them. They had, had boards across them. And if you didn't sit down on them just right, you'd jump up and say, pew. Because something done grabbed you by the hineing. Amen. And you get pinched a time or two and you's ready to get up out of there and just stand the rest of the time. But they didn't have it all together. They didn't have the, the air conditioning. I remember as a boy and daddy going and preaching revival in in Louisiana in the middle of the summer and it'd be 120 degrees down there and they didn't have no air condition but the house was packed full of people and and many people were saved that week and filled with the Holy Spirit that week. Why? Because it was not about all of the luxuries. It wasn't about being inconvenienced. They didn't care about all of those things. They just didn't want their son and their daughter going to hell they didn't want their family members lost and undone without God and so they would push through even though it wasn't comfortable they didn't worry about the convenience they worried about am I going to see my family saved am I going to be all and do all that God has called me to be and they would come through the cold they would come through the heat they would go through abnormal uh, things in their buildings where they're nearly falling down but they would come in there and create a sound that would sound like heaven and God would feel at home and he would come with his glory and come with his power and come with his strength praise God and sinners would be saved and sick bodies would be healed and the oppressed would be set free I want to tell you today that we've got to lose it where that we think that this is about our convenience think that well we I would church if it was at the right time or the right place. No, there's never a right time for you. You can have an 8 o'clock service and it won't be right. You can have a 9, 10, or 11. It won't be right. You can't come back on Sunday night. You can't get here on Wednesday night. You see, the devil is a liar. There's something about sacrifice. that You've got to say, it isn't about my convenience. But I was glad when I said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There's got to be a hunger in our heart for the presence of God hunger in your heart glory will fill the house it doesn't matter how hot how cold how long it is when we are hungry for his presence he will fill us with his presence (laughs) you've got to want the power of God more than you want to be comfortable amen Jesus never taught that his crucifixion was the end, but rather the beginning. And if there is to be a reemergence of a power church, we've got to forget about comfortability and we've got to begin to do what Jesus taught us to do. You see, the dispute is not over Jesus' crucifixion because it's a fact. The dispute is not over Jesus' crucifixion what he taught because it's recorded there's not much dispute over his miracles because he didn't do them in a corner Jesus healed a man who was blind and the whole community knew about it they said is this blind Barnabas?" huh Jesus healed a man who was sick for 38 years and everyone knew it You don't think he fed 5,000 with two loaves or five loaves and two fish and nobody said anything. Huh? You don't walk on water and nobody knows about it. Come on, somebody. Everyone knew Lazarus was dead. The whole community was at the funeral. Huh? But there wasn't even a dispute about him being crucified. Here's where the dispute was. Here's where the problem was. Jesus made this outrageous statement. He claims that Jesus claims to have seen eternity from the inside out. They were talking about Abraham one day. And here Jesus is 31 years old. And he tells them before Abraham was, I am. Amen. They begin to talk about crazy things and he, he said, I was there the day Satan was thrown out of heaven. <laughs> Amen. They started talking about heaven and he said, in my father's house are many mansions. He talked about it as though he had already been there. If it were not so, I would have told you, but I'm going to prepare a place, right? He talked about it. They were talking about it from the outside in, but Jesus was talking about it from the inside out. And the most outrageous claim, he said that his blood would cleanse humanity from all of their sins. He had the power to forgive sins. Who but God can forgive sins? Amen. Amen. He said, if you believe upon his name, that you can be saved, right? He said, I have been that whenever I believe upon his name, that I have been delivered from the penalty of sin. I have been delivered from the power of sin and I have been delivered from the very presence of sin. And when he made this proclamation, when he began to speak in this way, he said, now I know that you're backing up. I know that you don't agree, but here I'm going to give you this and this will be what everything that you've ever seen me do, everything you've ever heard my teaching about. He said, if this one thing doesn't come to pass, then you can forget it and go back to fishing. Go back to doing whatever you were doing before. But he said this, he said, They're going to come and take me and hang me on a cross and I'm going to die. But don't worry, in three days I'm going to come up out of the ground. If it doesn't happen, go back to doing whatever you were doing but if I rise you will know that I am the son of God hallelujah I want to tell you that Jesus walked there and the bible said that the people in the, that were dead were seen in the city again Jesus was walking the earth and he said I am the one that was dead but now I am alive and alive forevermore amen I want you to know it takes some power to destroy the power of death. It takes some power to overcome death, hell and the grave. But Jesus had that power. Amen. And that's the reason Jesus said my death isn't the end of a thing, but it's the beginning. It's the birth of the church. Hallelujah. Out of his womb came the church. And I'm telling you today that his church has the power that he demonstrated. Amen. He said, I'm going to walk the Emmaus road. I'm going to walk into the room where the apostles are. And 40 days, Jesus walked and showed himself because he said, I know somebody's going to come someday and say it didn't happen. But I'm going to stick around long enough until there's a testimony, until there's witnesses that I did exactly what I said I was going to do. I died, I was buried, but I come up out of that grave victorious praise God I'm telling you today because he lives it was not that when he died it was not finished but he gave birth to his body and his body was placed in this earth to carry out his ministry and he hasn't left us orphans he hasn't left us abandoned he hasn't left us powerless but he has given us the power and the authority to do exactly what he did He said, this was the beginning of what Jesus began to do and to teach. Jesus began it, but we're to finish it. Until he was ready to be taken up, he gathered his apostles together and he said, I'm ready to be taken up, but you're about to step up. Huh? Huh? I'm getting ready to go to heaven and you're getting ready to carry on this work in the earth because when I get to heaven, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit back to you. Amen. And everything you've seen me do, you begin to do everything. The power that I operate in, you will operate in. Hallelujah. And I can hear him say, and we're going to mess the devil up. Because he was used to only having one Jesus to deal with. But now there's going to be millions that are going to be filled with power amen holy ghost power demon driving out power life speaking power healing the sick power Jesus started it and what he began to do and to teach until he went to heaven but now he's given us the authority he has given us the power and after that You shall receive power. After that, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. After that, you shall cast out demons in my name. Amen. Oh, you don't think they are. Yes, just look around and you'll see them everywhere. But the power on the inside of you is greater than the power that is coming against you. God didn't leave us orphans. He didn't leave us powerless. But he made us the church of power in the book of of Acts, we see that the church was an infant form. He was in seed form, but he had fully expected us to come to maturity and come to development. Where that we the church isn't about what we can get. The church isn't about a consumer mentality. The church is about us taking our place in the earth and saying we are the body of Christ. We have the authority, the dominion to rule and to reign in the name of Jesus. You. Believe it, give him some praise today. This is what gets me excited. This is what keeps me going on. This is what keeps me from quitting when I'm having a bad week or a bad month. That nothing God starts in fire ends in smoke. That everything God starts. He starts in a garden and it ends in a city. Everything God starts is with seed but end is the harvest he started with his one son and ends with a generation of sons the latter house is always greater than the former house i know we look around us and we say wow in the world oh come quickly lord jesus and i'm looking for his coming but i want to tell you that i'm excited today yes i believe i'm going to go to heaven someday but i'm excited about bringing some heaven into the earth. Amen. Causing these principalities and powers of darkness, the oppression that's on our nation, on our region, on our country, to be broken, amen, and no, let the world know, it's not Islam, it's not Mohammed, it's not Krishna, but there is one name, and his name is above every name, and his church is his body. It's the church of the living God. Yeah. book of Acts is the church in seed form and we are living in a day when we must come into maturity and do the works of the kingdom amen without carpet without air condition without TV without the internet the Bible records these 12 men that Jesus left in charge leadership of his church, that when they left this world, their testimony was this, that they had turned their world upside down for Jesus. Now, if if 12 disciples can do that, I said if 12 sold out, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, full of the power of the Holy Spirit, can go and turn their world upside down, then what could we do If we would commit ourselves to the lordship of his Christ. What could we do in this region? If we would begin to tell the good news. Believe the gospel. And commit our lives to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen. I tell you today that I believe that we can see the kingdom of God. Amen. established. I'm not saying that Jesus isn't coming. Don't get me mixed up with that kind of gospel. But I believe that you've got to have some heaven so you'll know how to shout when you get there. Amen. We don't have to be drugged through this world and not know the goodness of God, the richness of God, but we need to know his power is manifest within us. Listen, if he didn't want us to have his power, Holy Spirit would have never come. But you see, we've got to be committed. Say Committed. If we're going to have power, God doesn't give power to people who church is just a hobby. Come when you feel like it. Pray when you got to. Quiet up in here, but I'm pastoring right today. Amen. I'm not mad at nobody, just the devil. But the power of God is not just given to people haphazardly. You've got to show yourself committed to His Lordship. Yes, You've got to show yourself dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't. You don't go giving uh, children power, huh? You don't. You don't give a little child. Uh, you know, a little. Give a little child two years old. You don't give them a hundred dollar bill. They'll tear it up and eat it. You don't give a young child a gun. Huh? And God doesn't give his power to people that are uncommitted. There's got to be a commit. This thing is powerful. This is, this is blind opening power. This is healing power. This is delivering power, huh? Come on. But I'm telling you that if we'll dedicate ourselves, consecrate ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, he desires for us to walk in power. Amen. Too many folks are unaware. Too many folks are unaware. We sung it this morning, but too many folks are unaware of what's going on in the spirit world. I said it on a Sunday night not too many people heard it but I said it on a Sunday night I wonder what it is that's caused all these witches to get together in their are cubbies they come out the white they have I don't know all about witches because I don't study them but they have the white witches the black witches and it ain't about the color of the skin they just witches and they do all these seances and all this mess and demonic. And, and the, but they've come out of their little clusters or whatever they are. And they've all come together to pray for the destruction of our president. And I had to think, I was sitting there at the house on a Sunday afternoon whenever I heard that. And I had to think to myself, uh, what is it that they know that the church world is unaware of? What is it that they know? Because the last time I heard about this was in about 1981, 86, 87. Whenever they came together like this for the destruction of preachers. You think there's not a demonic spirit loose? What happened in the 80s? Whenever all of these world known ministries began to crumble and fall. Why? Because they were unaware of what was going on in the spirit realm. And the Bible speaks of us in the New Testament that that we are like children playing marbles in the marketplace. What happens in the marketplace? There's a transfer of power. There's a transfer of money, right? Right? in the marketplace there's a transfer that is going on and so right above our heads like children in the marketplace while we're down here shooting marbles in the dirt there's a transfer of power and authority that is taking place right above us and I believe it's time for the body of Christ to quit playing marbles and stand up and begin to acknowledge the authority and the power and the transfer that is taking place and say God I want that power to turn to, to keep my children safe, I want that power, Amen. To lay hands on my children and see them healed and see them set free. I want that power so that I can give joy to somebody else. We need that power today, yes. Yes. Amen. And I'm sorry that that I'm I'm not all well rounded, and I don't know the latest lingo. And I'll never be a cool pastor. Amen. Because this body is never going to find its way in skinny jeans. You can just forget that. Amen. But I do know my assignment. I do know the mandate that God has. And if we're not careful, we can get distracted from the mandate and from the assignment. And our assignment is to show the love of God to the world. Our assignment is to reach the hurting and reach the broken and tell them there is good news that Jesus saves, he heals, and he delivers. Amen. And so I want that power in my life so that I can show the love of Jesus to everyone. Amen. How many know it's easier to love some people than it is others? Can we be real? Amen. If you can't be real, just be religious. It's all right. But there's some people it's easier to love. If somebody is reciprocating love back to you, it's easier to love them. It's easier to love them. If someone is open to to that relationship and, and, and whatever it is, whatever level it is on, when someone is open to that, it's easier to reciprocate that back. What about whenever they look at you and say, I hate you, can you still love them? What about when they're ugly, demonic, curse your God's name? Can we still love them? You've got to have some power to love some people. It doesn't come from the natural. It comes from a supernatural touch of God on your life so that you can look at a wicked world, you can look at the wicked soul, and you can look beyond the wickedness that is in their heart and you can see the creation of God. And say, I'm not going to call you by what you've been bound by, but I'm going to call you by the name that Jesus has called you. Amen. You see, I, I, want, I want this power to be greater. I'm not here preaching to you from a point of place of saying, look at me, I've got this power. I desire more of his presence. I hunger for more of his power. Because I told you the other week I preached a message and I started a series and maybe it should have held off. I hope you can remember it by the time I get back to it, but forces that shape your future. One of the forces that shaped my future was the power of the Holy Spirit. I was a shy, backward boy. You didn't have to do that so loud. Many people, mom can tell you, Renee can tell you, many people look at me and they, they, they when they see me, they, they, all they see is the outside, and because they see the outside, they think that I'm a stuck-up somebody, when the reality is I struggle because I'm an introvert and not an extrovert. it wasn't easy for me to get up whenever god called me to preach and i knew that he called me to preach i was in the backyard of the house i could take you to the very spot as a 12 year old boy whenever he called me to preach the gospel and i said god i love you but you got the wrong one there's no way i would take an f in school before i get up and talk before the class I'm not here today because of my abilities, my giftings, or my talents. I'm here today because of the precious Holy Spirit. It shaped my world, it formed me, it's molded me into who I am today, and without Him, I am nothing. Amen. That's the reason I'm so passionate about other people receiving the Holy Spirit. I'm not criticizing. I'm not downing nobody. If you, don't, if you haven't received the precious gift, I'm not saying that I'm better than you because I've got it and you don't. I'm just telling you that it's the greatest thing that you can ever have in your life. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call it, it will empower you to become all, be all, and do all that God has called you to be. Amen. And we need to get some power to walk into the school. So there can be a shift there. Amen. Won't call his last name, but I was in school. I was preaching since I was 15. June the 28th of this year will make 35 years. I've been privileged to preach this gospel I didn't lose nothing by preaching it. I've gained everything. So in high school, they would test me, and a boy named David. He was, in it was in the eleventh grade, and uh, I was driving to school. So on my way out of the parking lot one day, he was always harassing me and carrying on. And and uh, one day, I guess he was testing me, but he hauled off, he kicked my car and put a dent in my car. Now. I wish I'd have told you that I prayed for him. But reality is I didn't cuss, but where I spit, the blacktop just molded. You'll get that on the way home. It wasn't a pleasant thing, but listen to me. God helped me, showed me love. I need to show David love. And a few months later, he was standing in the hallway in the door where I always come in. Tears are streaming down his face. And he said, he always called me preacher boy, but this day he called me Brian. He said, Brian, he said, my mama has been diagnosed with cancer. And they just give her a few days to live and said, uh, this God that you serve said, he can, he heal her. And I said, I believe he can, David. And right there in the hallway, we prayed for his mother not only for healing, but salvation of her soul. Amen, and God gloriously did a work in her life. Started going to church and serving the Lord. Mike was a big old boy. I asked him one day, I said, how big a boy are you, Mike? He said, well, he said, I thought that, I'd, that I had uh, quit growing at 450 pounds, but he said, I went to the doctor the other day and found out my scales just went to 450. And uh, I was preaching revival close to where he was, and he told me, you know, and I ain't always been this big, all right? But he told me, he said, Heard you preaching in town. I said, I am. He said, I'm going tonight. I said, all right. He said, you're taking me. I said, you don't argue with somebody that big. I said, oh, yes, sir, you come on along. And so I went and I preached that night. He sat on the right hand, my right-hand side three-quarters of the way back. And whenever I gave the altar service, I seen big old Mike got up and started walking toward the front of that church. He looked at me and he said, Brian, I don't know anything about the God you serve. He said, I don't know anything about the God that you talk about. But he said, I've seen him in your life and I want what you've got. And that night, Mike gave his heart to the Lord. I don't tell you those stories to say, look at me. I tell you those stories to tell you that the world is saved, not by our preaching, not by our great singing. Thank God for it all. But people are saved and their lives are changed because they see the love of Jesus in you. They see the love of Jesus in you. And we cannot show the love of Jesus without the power of God working in our lives. Amen. If the early church could do it, then we can do it. Amen. We've got more at our disposal today than ever before. Why? How long will we make excuses for not making an impact upon our world? How long will we be satisfied with mundane religious services where there's no manifestation of power? I submit to you that if everything that happens in the worship service can be explained, then we've never tapped into the supernatural. We have never tapped into what God has called us to be. Because if all we're going to do is what can be explained, we might as well shut this down, go join the Moose Lodge and have ourselves a party. But this is more than just gathering together. This is more than just having good fellowship. Yes, we have good fellowship. Yes, we have connect groups. Yes, we have all of those things. But it goes beyond that. It goes to a place of power that can break the strongholds off of people's lives. Do you realize we're the only ones that have that power? No other religion, no other occult, whatever you want to call it, whatever gathering it is, no one else has that power but the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And the world is looking for that power. You know whenever people get all the money that they need, they cease to look for money and they begin to desire power. Amen. They're looking for power. There's somebody at your workplace looking for the power of God. There's somebody in your community, in your town, in your village, in your workplace, in your sphere of influence that is looking for power. Not power of men, not the manipulation of power. But they're looking for something that can break the torments off of their life. They're looking for something that can give them peace in the midst of their trouble. And the church is the only one that has this kind of power. The old church used to sing, power, power, wonder, working Power in the blood of the lamb i don't know if anybody is with me or not but i want to have a church where there's wonder working power we're far too quiet about his goodness if you want to go get quiet go to the library But this house was not created to be quiet. This house was created to be filled with praise that brought in the presence of a living God. And when people left this house, their lives were changed by his power. Marriages can be restored by this power. Hope can come back with this power. Whenever the doctors have given you the diagnosis and it is glim and bleak, and they say no way, no how, nothing, there's still hope in this power. I want us not just pastor, not just leadership, but I want this church membership body to be full of the power of God. So we're not. Ha, listen I'm about to quit. Come and listen that will help me okay. The Bible says this. That he will add to his church. How, how When? Daily. Such as pleasing unto him. Now let me ask you a question. If we only have church on Sunday. How can the church grow daily. If everybody has to be saved at the church. Come on. No, we're to take what is given here, apply it to our lives, and daily we're to lead people to Jesus. We're to show his love and his grace. You can't do it without the power of God. We'll become intimidated. We'll back up. We'll be afraid. But with his power, we can tell others about the love of Jesus. Let us wonder how hungry are you today? Do you desire more of him? Is there still a passion inside of you? Is there still a desire down in you that says there must be more of God than I have received? Or have you been satisfied with where we are? If you haven't received the precious gift of the Holy Spirit, it's available to everyone that believes. If you're here today and you need his power and his presence in your life, it's available to you. You just humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. He'll give you his strength, his grace, his glory, and his power. But the mandate is you must be hungry and thirst, and you will be filled. (laughs) Amen. Stand with me today, please.